world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years. What if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Hello, Craig's listeners. Get your old bay and put it on some crab cakes because we're going to Balmer for uh, episode 25, number 76 on Craig's List. Today, we're going to talk about Barry Levinson's Diner. Oh, and there's some Old Bay seasoning making its appearance <laughs> right in front of me. Uh, you can put it on crabs. You can put it on shrimp. You can put it on chicken. It's the same great taste for over 75 years. Craigslist brought to you by Old Bay seasoning. <laughs> uh, Carla, how's it going? Hi. Oh, it's hot in LA, but I'm fine. <laughs> but it's nice and cool where we are today. We're uh, on the road a little bit. We're not at uh, our house with all the animals running around. Instead, we're at the house of our guest today. He is a Baltimore native and thus the perfect pick for today's movie. And, uh, he is the crater, cro- crater. He is, <laughs> <laughs> he is a giant crater <laughs> in Los Angeles. He is the creator of drunk history and thus he is my boss. Uh, and he is like a boss at all times. And his name is Derek Waters. Thank Woo! you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, Very exciting. Buddy, I didn't know that if you had any particular affinity for this movie, but I know you had affinity for the town in which it's set in. You were Mr. Baltimore to me. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I hope I still am Mr. Baltimore to you after admitting <laughs> that I am 37 and I saw Diner when I was 37. <laughs> That's cool, you know, and we're drinking out of Cal Ripken glasses. That's so. true. Yeah, uh, there is a Brooks Robinson one I could have given you, but okay. I thought I'd give you a present. And Carla has Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. mm-hmm. not a Baltimorean, but uh, Baltimorean? That is what they're called, or Balti- Baltimoreans. Yeah, Balti- Baltimoreans. <laughs> yeah. And there's Delawinis. I remember that. And so I think you, it was in a Cheers episode. Actually. You were born and raised in Baltimore? Born, yeah, in a town called Lutherville. Yep, just wow. uh, about 15 minutes out of the city. And this is, uh, the first of a four movie series by Barry Levinson that's set in Baltimore. Have you seen any of these movies? Uh, I believe if the last one was Liberty Heights. Yes. I'm, I'm in it. You're in Liberty Heights? I'm an extra in Liberty Heights. Wow. Yeah. That came out in 99, maybe? Uh, I know I, I was in it in 99. So okay. If it wasn't 99, it was 2000 that it came out. Okay. So yeah, the movies are wow. Diner, Tin Men, uh, Avalon, and Liberty Heights. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of those other ones. You never heard of Tin Men? No. Uh, are you saying Ten or Tin? Tin. Tin, tin Men. Tin Men. Okay. Don't be Timmen. <laughs> Just be Tin Men. Uh, what was it like shooting Liberty Heights? So much fun, you guys. <laughs> Everyone was such a blast to work with. Did you get a no, SAG voucher? No, I didn't. I was in a crowd scene and then like, um, like, a, um, some sort of, I remember it was a hallway scene. I think it was like a fake war, uh, fire drill or fire drill. Okay. And I remember being really close to Ben Foster and thinking how cool that was. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was 19 and it was, yeah, I was, but I didn't get a voucher. I just got a realization of what I was headed for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did Barry Levinson yell at you? No, I think I saw him. Want, I think, I mean, I could see him from afar. There was, it was, I was an extra, was lot, but yeah. no, I did not get yelled at. I had a, you know, I had a real kick at, at doing extra work. Also, a Runaway Bride in Baltimore. Oh, I got great. to be in that. Yeah. Who were you in that? Richard Gere. Uh, taxi driver. <laughs> I just drove a cab. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Runaway Bride is Richard Gere and, uh, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anything in Baltimore, I tried to be an extra in. They shot Serial Mom at my high school. Oh my God. That's a John Waters movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Are you a John Waters fan? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think I know more John Waters than I do Barry Levinson. Wow. And I'm the opposite. I know all yeah. these Barry Levinson movies real well, but I don't think I've seen a John Waters movie other than Hairspray. Oh, wow. Uh, I've just never been able to. I can't wait for Derek's list. <laughs> <laughs> you can make me watch Pink Flamingos. Yeah. Yeah. With I... kids. 
<laughs> the movie kids or no, children? No, no. Or children. Well, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, with kids and then watch a movie kids <laughs> with children. Oh, man. Awful, awful. Uh, yeah. What are the um, ladies with the big pink hair called? That's like a John Waters thing, right? Oh, they have a beehive? Yeah. The style, yeah. Um, yeah. Is it called honeys? Well, are they're they called honeys? huns, but guys huns. can be huns. There's a great... Oh, okay. Like a hun's a hun. Like a guy can be a hun, a girl can be a hun. Just whoever. A hun's a hun. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because there's this lady in Baltimore who has a cafe named Cafe Hun uh-huh. and is trying to own the name Hun. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Like trademark it? Trademark Hun. So Hun is just like a local term of endearment. Yeah. 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 My grandfather called my dad Hun and it wasn't like, who you calling Hun? It's like, hey, Hun. <laughs> How funny. Yeah. yeah. What's some other good local Baltimore slang? Mm, come on. Come on. Come on. Um, what does that mean? Come on. <laughs> uh, scow. Let's go. Let's go. Scow. And then you scow. really want to save some time for uh, this one. Skim. Skim. What do you think that means? Skim. Let's get him. Let's go home. <laughs> Let's go home. Skim. 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 This place sucks. Skim. <laughs> um, and then Downey for uh, people to say... Uh, yeah, I'm going Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean, Dan- yeah. Yeah, Danny. What? Downey. D-O-W-N-E-Y for down down, down the ocean. Oh. <laughs> going Danny Ocean. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going down the ocean. Yeah, come Are on. Are you sure that's come not on. Australia? Yeah. <laughs> come on, mate. Come on. Getting down the ocean. Had some, had some boardwalk fries with Steve Irwin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's a half Baltimore, half mm-hmm. uh, Aussie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But when I lived in Toronto, people asked if I was British, which I tell them, it took me a while to realize, like, I guess it could sound like it. I, I had a really strong accent. Which I just learned or I heard that whatever, wherever you lived when you were 14 or up to 14 is the accent that you have for the rest of your life. Then you're kind of locked in. But I talk to my family all the time and I do not sound like that anymore. Right. Come yeah. on. I, if I get upset and I'm yelling, come on. <laughs> I, that will come out every once in a while. You sound like a cute little eight-year-old boy. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Let me put down the water gun. <laughs> Water is another thing. Water. In high water. school, they called me Waters. 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 Derek, Derek Waters. Yeah. Last one I'll tell you. Um, flares. What do you think flares are? Flares. I loved you so much, I got a bouquet of flares. A bouquet of flares. A bouquet of flares. <laughs> <laughs> flares, huh? Uh, yeah. I haven't gotten any flares in a long time. <laughs> Come on, Craig. Get her some flares. <laughs> Come on. I'm going I'm going down the ocean get some flares. <laughs> yeah. Some, some ocean flares. Yeah, you got to put some old bay on them flares. It is such a strange accent and are there any theories of like how it developed to be where it is? I think there's a because it's below the Mason-Dixon line, it's technically the south, but yeah. it's not the south. So my theory is just like it was in between New York and the South of, uh, mm. or because it's kind of kind of elements from both. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I just think it's extremely. It's the laziest accent I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Uh, but I love it. I love it. But I had no idea there was an accent until I left. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, for a you know relatively small city, there's a, a big movie tradition in Baltimore. And I do think there's kind of like three big auteurs, one of which is Barry Levinson, who was born and raised there uh, and has set a lot of uh, semi-autobiographical movies like the one we're doing today there. John Waters, kind of the one of the first big American indie mm-hmm. filmmakers who's real eccentric. And, uh, Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg, of course, the third <laughs> big Baltimore. All of his movies, as you know, set in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. E.T. E. most memorably. Um, <laughs> when he lands in the Inner Harbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one, uh, and yeah. David Simon, I would say, of is, course, the, is the third Simon's big one of, third, yeah. of, of The Who's Wire. David Simon? Oh, of The Wire. Yeah. Uh, created Homicide. The Wire, and then he wrote Homicide, that uh, the TV show Homicide, which was produced by Barry Levinson. You tricked me. I thought we were talking about film two filmmaker guys. <laughs> <laughs> and David Simon... And his wife got married by John Waters. Wow. That's pretty cool. Really? I know. That yeah. is so cool. And I don't know if I ever told you guys this of, uh, when I grew up in the, a town that's in the same as John Waters. And when he was a kid, he broke into my mom's house 
and wrote John Waters was here on a typewriter. Really? Yeah, I got, I got, I, I was lucky enough to meet him and I, I told him that story and he's like, I used to break into houses, but I was never that stupid to leave my name. <laughs> Please tell your mother I did not break into her house. <laughs> so wh- who else would have done that? Yeah. Of course he did it. You're right. You don't think there was a John Waters impersonator? I don't know. I this mean, before he was, he was famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was. People. My mom said everyone knew who John Waters was. Like he was a troublemaker. That's so, awesome. Maybe he was getting blackmailed. But I went to the same high school as Divine and Michael Phelps. <laughs> uh, the, there you go. Yeah, I don't talk about Michael Phelps that much. Just Divine them. <laughs> just a Divine statue. Do you know who Divine is? Yep. Yeah. I know. I would say the first. Drag queen, like the first nationally national, known drag yeah, queen. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. Who ate poop in in pink flamingos, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have you seen the movie, Carla? I have seen parts of it. I don't think I've seen all of it. I think I stopped watching it. Wow. Well, I guess I I've gotta, seen a few John Waters movies. What else have you seen? Serial Mom. Mm-hmm. The Pecker was it Pecker? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it. Cry Baby. Never saw Cry Baby. Okay. Yeah, pink flamingos and oh, hairspray, yeah. uh, and polyester are the the big early ones. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I've really not acquainted myself with the Jean Waters oeuvre. It's a good one. But yeah, when we get into Derek's list, we will do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, but let's talk a little bit about Diner. This is a 1982 film. It was the directorial debut of Mr. Barry Levinson. And, uh, and he kicked it off with a real strong eight movie sequence at the beginning of his career. Uh, not only Diner, Tin Men, and Avalon, but The Natural, Robert Redford, oh, great baseball movie. movie, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, best Picture winner, Rain Man. Oh, wow. Uh, which Barry Levinson also appears in as an actor. Young Sherlock Holmes, which is kind of a underrated, uh, Steven Spielberg produced movie. And, uh, I think that's, that's it. And then, wow. he, I didn't know any of that. Then he I hit mean, some of it, but not the last part. And then he hit, uh, Toys, which was a big flop. Oh, yeah. And, uh, kind of hit a rough patch there. And then kind of got, kind of back at the end of the 90s with Liberty Heights and Wag the Dog. Oh, yeah. Wag uh, the Dog. Which is a movie that, uh, that I like a lot. But Barry Levinson started out as a, uh, sitcom writer and, uh, he wrote for the Carol Burnett show, actually more of a sketch writer. He wrote for the Carol Burnett show and the Tim Conway show in the seventies. And he also wrote the movies High Anxiety and Silent Movie for Mel Brooks. Hmm. Um, and Diner is notable not only for being the first Barry Levinson movie, but the, one of the early movies for a lot of big, uh, stars. This is the very first movie for Paul Reiser, Ellen Barkin, and Timothy Daly, and a very early movie for Steve Gutenberg, Mickey Rourke, and Mr. Kevin Bacon. So <laughs> Diner is a key element of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. If you want to connect mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon to somebody, you can go to Diner whenever you want. It's always open. Diner is always open. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is set in 1959, and it's uh, not... Much of a plot to this movie, Carla. No, there's really not. <laughs> I think Carla was not too happy with the lack of plot. But it's a, it's a it character tough. study. It's a character study of these five or possibly six friends, uh, who are probably in their mid twenties in Baltimore in, uh, 1959. One of them, Steve Gutenberg's character, Eddie, is getting married. And, uh, they're all kind of just hanging out and they like to go to this diner and just chew the fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally and, and metaphorically. And it's kind of loaded with a wall to wall soundtrack of great, uh, late fifties. Amazing music. music. Yeah. Did you guys have a, a diner like that when you were mm-hmm. growing up? What was the name of it? There was two, the Bell Lock Diner and the Towson Diner. I mean, my <laughs> friends were always at the Towson Diner. 24 hours? Yep. Yep. Now smoke, I remember people smoking in there. We yeah. would smoke. There was a silver diner that was in the Towson Town Center. We'd smoke after high school and drink coffee. Yeah. Silver Diner was was kind of a local chain, right? Because there was one in Woodbridge, Virginia, where I grew up. Not, I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What was your local diner? Anchor Grill. Oh, you took me to the Anchor I Grill. I took him last yeah. summer when we were back in Kentucky. In Kentucky, yeah. It's still there. It's still 24 hours. It's still questionable. <laughs> 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 and they have... Uh, a, a jukebox and you put money in and in the corner, uh, the curtains open up and a Barbie's there singing and moving around and dancing. Whoa. <laughs> now was that always like that? 
I think originally, well, it's a Barbie and two, um, dolls that like came with the set. So at some point that one doll got broken and they replaced it with a Barbie. <laughs> what was your go-to uh, meal at that diner? Um, they have uh, something there called Geta, which is Geta. Geta. <laughs> Uh, which is like a grain pork. Yeah, um, we already got into the weird Baltimore stuff. I don't know if we have time to get into the, all the weird Cincinnati stuff. <laughs> but, but yeah, Geta is is pork and oats. Yep. Yeah. And it's fried. That's mm. it. I'll stop talking, Craig. It's fine. No, no, no. Let's please get into all the weird stuff about Cincinnati. What was the name of your diner? Uh, I, Denny's. Uh, <laughs> friendly. Friendly. Uh, definitely went to those places a lot growing up. There wasn't like... We're, we lived in such a suburban place that was mostly chain uh, restaurants. So I, I I can't remember having like a real like greasy spoon that we went to. Mm-hmm. But definitely when I was living in Chicago and working for Second City, uh, we would go to the Golden Apple a lot. And that uh, is a 24-hour diner. And we would go there after shows at Second City. And I would always get like a, a order of fries and a vanilla milkshake at 2 a.m., which is just – the worst time to, to be eating, like <laughs> calories that I did not need. Uh, but yeah, I, I went there with uh, with all my Second City cohorts uh, after drinking. That's where you went. And the Golden Apple was actually featured in an NPR story where they kind of uh, featured uh, that diner for 24 hours and all the different uh, waves of people that come in and out. Like, you know, you've got the cops. Uh, then you've got like businessmen, then you got the regulars rolling in, then you got like club kids or the whatever. Fat guy. The, the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fat guy in this movie who eats the entire left side of the menu. Oh my God. So funny. <laughs> uh, so Carla, this is one of those movies that you thought you had seen. I did. I had seen it, but I just forgot about it because okay. nothing happens in it. <laughs> And as I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, that's why I don't remember anything is because nothing happens. <laughs> and uh, Derek, you definitely had not seen any of this. I had not seen. I mean, maybe I'd seen highlights as I remember going to the Senator, which is the oldest uh, theater in Baltimore uh, for uh, a diner reunion that I just thought would be cool where they uh, Barry Levinson did a documentary on the actual people because they're all based off of real friends of it. Right, right. Yeah. When you just said on, I heard it. On. <laughs> on, yeah. You'll hear, yeah, yeah, it comes on. Every, yeah, yeah, every, yeah again. every once in a while it'll come on. Yeah, he's a little younger. He was born in 42, so he would have been 17 when this movie takes place. Uh, so maybe he, there was a reason he wanted to set it uh, a little earlier. Maybe he just liked the time period more. Uh, cause these guys are, are young, you know, but kind of just out of college, just kind of starting in the workforce. Uh, Daniel Stern is the one guy in the group who's already married. He married Ellen Barkin, who's his, uh, high school sweetheart. And, uh, and Steve Gutenberg, the second guy getting married. Uh, and he is, in order to marry this woman, he is testing her with Baltimore Colts trivia. She has to pass this Baltimore Colts trivia contest in order for the wedding to uh, to go forward. And really, she can I say what happens? Yes, yes. We, we will we will spoil uh, all the the key plot points of that this she movie. She fails, and like it's it's like fine. Like, yeah. Like all right, we're not getting married. There's no like joke. Uh, you guys mm. realize how dumb that was, right? Like, and I, wasn't it also like they haven't even had sex yet? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a virgin, yeah. It's just one of many humiliating things that happen to the female characters in this film. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, One was about to get raped yeah. upstairs. Well, not really raped, just... Uh, tricked. Tricked. Sorry, Greg. Greg, I'm doing your job. Sorry. No, no, not, <laughs> not at all. Uh, anytime you take my side on something, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's hard because, uh, you know, sentimental movies, like, there is a thing of the stuff that... You watch that. It's the reason why I've never seen Star Wars, and I won't because I know. Wait, what? (laughs) I've never seen Star Wars, and I won't see it because I know I missed the time to see it. Mm -hmm. You know that there's a nostalgia, and like you don't know if you would like Diner if you watched it right now. It's impossible for you to know that, right? Well, let's get into Craig's first time a little bit because this movie came out in '82. And I'm pretty sure I saw it around 83 on home video. Hmm. It was on HBO 
and I tried to tape as many movies as I could uh, onto VHS off of HBO. And I think this was maybe like the first like adult comedy that I had ever seen. No, this was yeah. a comedy? I'm being dead serious. You didn't think it was funny at all? <laughs> I don't know. Let's what say parts it's, were funny? Let's say it's a dramedy. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah. There's dramatic elements and there's comedic All elements right. to it. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: when you're 14 years old uh, watching it, the only comedies that you've seen are really broad stuff that's so obvious that it that right. it's a comedy. So that's what I mean by adult comedy. You know, it's it's about adults uh, living their lives, and the humor is much more subtle. And I bet as a kid you love that burlesque dancer. <laughs> sure. She had a long torso. Did Is you that notice that? Out? That's yeah. a great quality for a burlesque dancer. Yeah. Very long body. <laughs> At the end of the movie, Tim Daly and Steve Gutenberg go to a, a strip club or a burlesque show and, uh, and improvise a little song. <laughs> Uh, Which is a really weird part of the movie. I knew you were going to hate that part. It is a very strange part of the movie. <laughs> Derek, don't take her. Uh, <laughs> no, it's very weird. There's no like we didn't even know he could play. Yeah, you know, like and all of a sudden, like those guys are like, oh, he he can jam. Like, oh. yeah, I was, yeah. It was way too long. I was like, is this the part where I'm supposed to be dancing? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Let the boys be boys. And there are these close-ups of the other musicians in the band. So basically, this character jumps on stage and he's like, I'm going to play the piano. And he starts playing and it's amazing. And these close-ups of the other guys in the band and when them realizing how good he is. And they like start shaking their head and then they pick up their instrument. Well, it was funny because it all started with like, they're drunk, him and Steve Gutenberg. And who's the actor? The- Tim Daly. Tim Daly and Steve Gutenberg are drunk. And he's like... Come on, pace it up, pace it up, you guys. Move it up, tempo, tempo. Like, okay, he's a drummer. Like, maybe he's gonna go out and drum. He's talking about tempo. And then he goes up, and it was like fucking top secret. And Val Kilmer like jumps up there and does Tootsie. Uh, uh, what did he do? Uh, tootsie. Uh, what's it? Uh, Doesn't happen. No, 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 no. no not, what are no. we talking about? Uh, I know, girl. Tutti Frutti. Oh, Tutti Frutti, right, yeah. Top right. Secret, which is in my top. That's and a hilarious movie. List. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down in my notes, Carla thinks any scene where people start playing music is real dumb. <laughs> that seems to be a recurring theme. Unless it's a movie about a musician. Sure. Well, then then it's organic then. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Or you like musicals. Yeah. But there's something about a non-musical where people all of a sudden What start- other movies did I say that in? If you're gonna make an accusation, you better have some rules of the game. I think you didn't like it in there. Okay, that's fair. I didn't like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let's let's start a little earlier in the movie. Uh, And it it seems like uh, I'm probably in the minority of liking (laughs) this movie. But I think uh, it it did kind of like represent like a, a sophistication for me of like mm-hmm. I hadn't seen a movie like this uh at that age and I liked that the jokes were subtle and also knowing that many of the diner scenes were improvised is something I learned much much later uh but it's interesting to go back uh now being an improviser for 25 years of realizing how many movies before I discovered improv had mm-hmm. improv elements mm-hmm. to them and you can kind of tell that that's that's part of the appeal of watching the actors play off of each other uh in this movie so scenes where they're kind of cracking each other up at the diner they're really cracking each other up mm-hmm. uh apparently Paul Reiser was the best improviser in the group and Kevin Bacon was not comfortable doing it and so you can just kind of see him kind of laughing at other guys uh in these scenes. Uh, I, I think the characters are all really well delineated uh, in this movie, and they all have interesting like contrasts. Uh, Mickey Rourke is Boogie, who's kind of the uh, the gambler and uh, kind of the uh, the a little bit of a sleazy guy. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's a player, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, seducer of ladies. But he also uh, he's going through law school. Uh, and he's working as a hairdresser and he does have a sensitive side to him. So there's kind of, uh, interesting dichotomies, uh, there. Uh, Steve Gutenberg is Eddie, who's kind of, uh, still lives with his parents, uh, and is kind of, uh, a spoiled guy. Uh, Tim Daly is Billy, 
uh, who lives away and has kind of come back and he's a little more sophisticated. Uh, he's he, in grad school, right? He's in grad school. Yeah. Uh, and he has a, a girlfriend that he gets pregnant, uh, which is another one of the many subplots in the movie. Uh, but then he's also get, he gets in a lot of fights and he has kind of like this barely concealed rage that's just underneath. Uh, Kevin Bacon is Fenwick, who's kind of the spoiled rich boy drunk. Um, but then, then there's also a scene where he is watching a quiz show and uh, yelling out all the answers before people know it. So you kind of get the idea that he's maybe too smart, uh, for where he is in life. Uh, so I, I just like that there's kind of a well-rounded portrait of all these characters. For a debut movie that's less than two hours, you come out of it with a real feeling that you really know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. And all the relationships uh, feel very lived in and strong to me. Yeah, I agree. You know what I think it is a combination of? I just realized is that a lot of shots reminded me of carnal knowledge have you ever seen carnal yeah. knowledge mm-hmm. i feel like it was carnal knowledge meets <clears throat> animal house <laughs> that's a really yeah. good description you know, because it's like it. yeah oh regular guys they're not nerdy they're not like the coolest they talk about their feelings which is usually like made fun of but they like to party so i, <laughs> I felt like it was carnal knowledge meeting animal house <laughs> And I think those had, I know Carnal Knowledge is like oh, yeah. 78 or 79 and Animal House. Carnal is Knowledge what, is 1970 and Animal House 78. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of Diner. Diner feels to me like one of the last movies of the 70s, even though it came out in 82, because it definitely has kind of like that low key, leisurely pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, and it's just an accumulation of character and relationship. There is no, real story to it. it's just kind of a compressed time frame mm-hmm. what do you think oh, go ahead no I, I don't you think it would have been called like something happened at the end <laughs> <laughs> just something like well, I, eddie, I don't need, eddie like, gets married right yeah <laughs> and then just freeze framing on that shot of them like it was so weird but i i think the things that happened in that movie was like the taking his wife to that house to have sex with her. And they're like going to watch. Yeah. And then I would say, uh, and then I'm getting married. Like there weren't yeah. that, but I didn't dislike it. Dislike it. I just thought, man, there's a reason why I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> just not up your alley. It's hard. It's hard. I really yeah. think I saw it at the wrong time. I really think it has that thing that I saw it at the wrong time because Paul Reiser really made me laugh and, uh, I love everybody in that movie. I, yeah, performance was good. I was just like, cool. Yeah. Is Paul right? Was Paul Reiser a stand up? Yes. Mm-hmm. He started out as a stand up. Yeah. And then he started acting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's things in this. Paul Reiser is, is kind of the, the wild card here because he's definitely hangs out with them at the diner, but isn't really in the tight group of friends. Yeah. Like he comes and goes a lot. And then even at the end with that freeze frame picture you're talking about, mm-hmm. he's not in it. He's not in the freeze frame. So he's, he's not one of the five main guys, yeah. but he's kind of the comic relief there. And there's stuff that's like clearly like just out of his act at the time. It's just like, you know, what word I'm not comfortable with. Nuance. You just don't know what kind of word that is, you know. Now, gesture, like that's a solid word, you know. And Paul Reiser in the eighties definitely did like that kind of observational comedy that like Seinfeld did. He just kind of like got into more serious acting. Of like Aliens wasn't long after this, mm. uh, and anybody who first saw him in that wouldn't necessarily think of him as a stand-up comedian, you know. And then, then Mad About You. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's hilarious in this. Uh, what did you think of the characters, Carla? It was a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's some girls. Sure. Uh, Ellen Barkin, whose main character point is being unhappy with the men in her life. <laughs> well, she didn't know how to put the jazz records in order. <laughs> so uh, Ellen Barkin, I actually think, gives maybe the best performance in this. Oh, interesting. Uh, I really think she's wonderful in it. And I really can... 
I don't know if I can identify, but I really feel for the idea of like, this is an era where you married the first person that you slept with or the, even the first person that you wanted to sleep with, you had to marry. You, you know? were not a virgin when we got married. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear with all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we got married when I was 40. Two? Right. Yeah. I would hope not. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, and there's some interesting conversations that kind of indicate that, you know, where Steve Gutenberg kind of like confesses to Mickey Rourke that he's a virgin. He's like, well, I mean, I've, you know, done stuff, but, and then Daniel Stern, you know, who, you really sense that they're trapped in this unhappy marriage and they're really young, but they kind of, they don't even have kids yet, but you kind of feel like they kind of are just like kind of stuck with each other yeah. and that it's not going to last, you know? And, uh, he kind of complains to his friends that he can't connect with her the way that, uh, that he connects with them. And there's a big argument scene between Daniel Stern and Ellen Barkin that we will address later. Cause I think it's very, uh, appropriate to this podcast. <laughs> yes. And also it was so sad when he's like, so how's, how's your wedding or how, how's, how's life? How, what's it like being married? And he's just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was really sad. What, and then at the yeah. end, there's that weird scene where we never really see them reconcile, but then like they're dancing together at the end. Yeah. And he's like, you look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> she must have figured out how to, you know, put Maybe. the records in. <laughs> Sorry, if they were going, that was what we're going to later. Sorry. Well, let's get into some Carla's quotes. Carla quotes. Carla's quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes. Derek, this is a regular segment where I read the things that Carla said during the movie. Uh, now, we only got to watch a half hour of this movie together. Uh, so sorry, listeners, but I think Carla had more than enough quotes. <laughs> the, the first, first or the second half? Hour. Oh, the first We half watched hour. the first half okay. hour and then we had to watch the rest separately due to out. schedules. Due to me passing out after a half an hour. <laughs> There's a title on the screen up top, Baltimore, 1959, which for some reason Carla read in an English accent, or maybe she was trying to do a Baltimore accent. <laughs> I was accent. trying to do a Baltimore accent. What did it sound like? Baltimore, 1959. <laughs> <laughs> an Italian New Yorker? There's no T in Baltimore. Not oh, really? Balmer. Baltimore. 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 Baltimore, 959. <laughs> uh, the first shot of the movie is Paul Reiser walking up a flight of stairs and Carla said yeah Mr. Three Men and a Baby <laughs> I think you knew that Steve Gutenberg was in this movie they but look the same kind of until you realize that they're different yeah. and then you're like oh wait <laughs> and then you said yeah Mr. Matt about you yeah um Right away when we meet Fenwick, Kevin Bacon's character, he's punching holes in uh, glass windows. Oh, yeah. Because it feels good. Isn't that what he says? Because it feels good. Yeah. He's also got some rage that he's got to work out. And uh, he says, just breaking windows. And Carla said, yeah, just breaking windows because that's what drunk guys do. <laughs> All the drunk guys I know do that. <laughs> And then there's this whole thing of how he like sold his date to another guy oh, for five man. bucks. First humiliating thing that happens to a woman in this movie. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and as the details of this story get worse and worse, Carla said, gross, gross, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Getting progressively louder. Then she said, oh my God, it's the guy from Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, for Daniel Stern. Yeah. For not Dan the voice of Kevin Arnold. <laughs> oh, that came later, or City Slickers. <laughs> Sorry. Well, oh, City Slickers. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this, this is what you said next. Here's a weird thought. This takes place at the same time as The Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true at all. <laughs> yeah, The Wonder Years is the 60s. Wonder, well, Wonder Years starts in 69, I think. Does it start that late? I I remember the pilot covering the moon landing, but maybe well, maybe I misremember. In the pilot, Winnie Cooper's finds out that her brother just died in a helicopter yeah. crash in Vietnam. Okay, that's what I remember. So maybe the moon landing was another episode. Then. Mm -hmm. It okay. was. So maybe they started in '68. Maybe I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay, there's no way to find that. I'm out. a huge so. Wonder Years fan. I'm Me really too. disappointed in myself that I 
mess that up. I was just going to point out that moon landing episode is while they're watching the moon landing, he's thinking about girls, and he was like, he was realized how important girls were to him because he didn't care about the <laughs> okay. moon landing. Sorry. I think you guys are way more than one years <laughs> okay. era than okay. I was because clearly right. you guys know it much better than I mm-hmm. uh when I was a kid, I used to watch The Wonder Years. Uh, <laughs> Is that your Daniel Stern? <laughs> That's my Daniel Stern. Good job. <laughs> uh, Winnie Cooper. I don't know. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then Fenwick pulls a prank on them as they're going back where he's like driving like a little MG or a little sports car and he turns it over on the side of the road, puts ketchup on his face so they think he's died in a car crash. I thought it was real. Did you <laughs> For a second, yeah. yeah. You thought they would kill off Kevin Bacon that early in the movie? I don't know. Maybe it was like a Drew Barrymore scream. Remember this? <laughs> scream was inspired. But also he turns it over. And has trouble turning it back over. How the fuck did he turn it over by himself? That makes no sense. He did have his date with him, who he did, I guess, buy back from the other guy. Uh, For a dollar? Or it was like... Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Well, that's a fair amount, 1959. Uh, But anyway, Carla said, that's not funny. What an asshole. (laughs) True. Uh, After she started seeing all these famous people when they were young, she just started guessing people for random people that would pop up on screen. Kevin Spacey? John Hamm. <laughs> John Hamm would have been real young in 1982. And then I had the first inkling that maybe this was not her movie because she said, look at all the men. It's just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> so many guys. And then you said, oh, no, Paul Reiser and Steve Gutenberg at the same table. That's too confusing. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, the king of the 80s. Yeah, I love Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And especially for like film franchises because there's Police, Police Academy, Academy, Cocoon. Short Circuit, right? Is he in Short Circuit? Or am I- Was he in Short Circuit? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Short Circuit and Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think Steve Gutenberg, who was consistently good, this was so identified with the 80s that it just kind of hit the point where people just wanted to disassociate disassociate themselves from the 80s because <laughs> they're like, oh, I was yeah. embarrassed of who I was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And this guy was in every movie that I like, so I don't want to see him in anything anymore. It, it just felt like that his yeah. career kind of took that turn through no fault of his own. It's not like he started making bad choices or anything. It just kind of like he maybe just exhausted uh everything he could have done in the 80s. What's he up to 80s. now? Uh, Anyone know? I know know he guested on Party Down as himself. That's the last thing. Which was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Who became the new Goot? The new Goot? (laughs) The new Goot. (laughs) The Gootest of all time? Yeah, who was the 90s Goot? Uh, Um... Who is that? Uh, Wes Bentley? <laughs> <laughs> he got started real late in 99 in American Beauty. Um, the I don't Gu- know. The Gutenberg of the 90s. Listeners, Craig's listeners, please write, <laughs> let yeah. us know. Who the Tweet Gu- at us. Who, the, who was the Gutenberg of the 90s? The actor that didn't work again after that decade, but was in everything. It feels like time. the current one might be that guy from Jurassic Park. Chris Pratt? Yeah, because he's just in so many things mm-hmm. now. And we'll hit... Uh, Pratt exhaustion? Maybe. Yeah. I like him. I yeah. like Chris Pratt. It'll be a cool uh, memoir, Pratt Fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pratt Fall. Pratt Fall. <laughs> then you said, why are there only men there? Is it a men-only diner? There were. There were only guys at the diner, except for Flo, the waitress. But the girls have to be home cutting the carrots and the mashed potatoes together. <laughs> They're right. making their own Good diner. Point. Come on, Good Carla. point. Let's think about it. Well, there weren't any women in there? Did they? No. See, I figured there would be that scene where, like, she's that, she's so cool. They brought her, she brought her to the diner. Yeah. Like, he must really like her. But no, it's no. like a, it's like a place where the guys are eating at 3 a.m. It's just for guys to be guys. It's just for yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, then you said Mickey Rourke is pretty handsome in this. I think I get it. <laughs> he is. You think so? Yeah. You didn't think so? I thought he was, I've always liked him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I would, I didn't, it, this was the movie that won you over, not The Wrestler. Oh, I love The Wrestler, but he's not handsome in that. No. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, wasn't he known for like his sex appeal or something early on? Oh, yeah. In the early 80s. Yeah. Which I never, I was always like, ooh. But then like Nine and a Half Weeks this, was a big sexy right, movie. Right, which I never saw. Yeah. 
You would definitely have missed the boat on nine and a half weeks. <laughs> that was a very short-lived boat. Yeah. Okay. You had to get on that boat in the first week or two. Not, it didn't even make it all the way to nine and a half weeks, the <laughs> shelf life of that movie. Uh, but yeah, he's a good looking guy. Uh, kind of Brando-esque in his like yeah. combination of macho and vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, and very methody, kind of mumbling most of his lines. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if his eyes are just that pretty or if he's wearing mascara. I think he's wearing mascara. <laughs> he's gotta be, which yeah. is also that period of filmmaking where a lot of actors had hardcore eye makeup. Like, yeah, but this is 59. Like, No, I know, yeah. but actors... Boogie in, would not yeah. have worn it, but Mickey Rourke definitely has got some eye makeup on. But yeah. actors in the 80s is what you're saying. Actors in the 80s yeah. had eye makeup a yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a character, Bagel, in this, played by Michael Tucker, uh, who is doing the Baltimore accent. Uh, I don't think any of the main actors are really attempting one in it. But, but is he from Baltimore? Yeah, he's oh, a native okay. of Baltimore, and he also appears in Tin Men as the same character. And Tin Men is about guys who sell aluminum siding. And so at the end, when he says to Mickey Rourke, of like, you want to get into the home improvement business of like, that's what he's talking about, mm-hmm. aluminum siding. So it sets up that movie. That movie definitely has a plot and it's very funny and very entertaining movie. It's Danny DeVito and Richard Dreyfus as two rival, uh, aluminum siding salesmen. Uh, and, uh, Richard Dreyfus steals his wife played by Barbara Hershey mm. in it. Uh, but that's, uh, because th- women are just objects to be bought and <laughs> paid for. <laughs> that's what Barry Levinson says, Carla, not me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Bagel is, is got more around 40 and he's sitting there with two other, like maybe 40 ish guys. And Carla said, is that the same guys in the future? <laughs> Because they all look like versions, versions of the younger guys, of the younger guys, but as older guys. So Carla, for a second, thought this might be a sci-fi movie, <laughs> a time travel movie. Yeah, I didn't really think that. <laughs> and then when Mickey Rourke goes back to his table, you said, "Hey guys, I just went to the future. One of you is dead." Because <laughs> <laughs> there was three guys at the old guys' table and four guys at the young guys' table. Uh, one of my favorite scenes uh, of just like the banter at the diners when they're trying to determine like who they like better, Frank Sinatra or Johnny Mathis. And during that whole conversation, which is all like improvised, Carla's like, oh, God, what is this movie about? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where it dawned on you. Of, like there is not going to be a plot Nothing to this movie. Nothing is going to happen. Yeah. There's just going to be a lot, of, a lot of chit chat. Yeah. Do you guys like either one? Mathis or Sinatra? Oh, I got to. Uh, I, I know Sinatra's work much better than Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis had a better voice, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sinatra more of a song, you know, stylist. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but Johnny Mathis, beautiful voice. Misty is a great Johnny Mathis song. I don't know. I just know look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten in a tree. I like that. <laughs> Very relatable. Wait, are you Johnny Mathis? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Johnny Mathis's list. Now, in episode 25, it can be revealed. This is who I am. Uh, and then they asked Mickey Rourke of like, who do you like better, Sinatra or Mathis? Presley. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, perhaps the most memorable scene in the movie is when, uh, Mickey Rourke puts his dick <laughs> in a box of popcorn at the oh movies. Oh, my God. He yes. has a bet going with his buddies that this woman will touch his uh, his pecker, as he says, on his first date. Uh, and so he tricks her by sneaking his penis into the bottom of uh, a tub of popcorn and getting her to uh, accidentally uh, touch it. Uh, but he keeps referring to it as his pecker. And Carla said, I never even heard a guy say pecker in real life. We've only ever heard it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever said pecker in well, real pecker, life? Well, pecker, I think, is like referring to a small. So it wouldn't be like... <laughs> Referring to what? Pecker, that it's small. A smaller like, one. Seems small. So like, I would never uh, kick that guy in his fucking pecker. <laughs> <laughs> never thought about that. Yeah, schlong would denote length a little more. Sure. Yeah. There was Big Pecker. Do you remember that? It was like a restaurant chain or it's like one of no. those like. Uh, An answer to Hooters? Uh, yeah, maybe it was Baltimore. Yeah, Big Pecker. Yeah. <laughs> There was really a restaurant called yeah, Big, Big Pecker. Pecker or Big Peckers. Yeah. Now there's there's John Waters movie Pecker. Right. right. So Pecker is clearly a Baltimore thing. 
I think so. <laughs> I think so. We all have little puckers. So if you were, if you said that in real life, you'd be talking about somebody's small penis. Well, yeah. Like, stay away from that girl. She's a pecker. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, uh, no, no, no one would say that guy had the hugest pecker. Like, <laughs> the smallest pecker I've ever seen. Okay. But, uh, Thank Mickey you for clearing that up. Mickey Rourke as Boogie, such a charmer that he manages to convince her that it was all an accident, too, with his right. smooth talk. Right. right? Would you have fallen for that smooth talk, sure. Carla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane that yeah. she fell for it. Yeah. They're watching a summer place with Sandra D and Troy Donahue. Uh and he's like, I don't know. I just got so excited with Sandra, you know, the scene where she lifts up her dress and you know, I just had to uh you know, uh, it was kind of digging into the side of my so weird. leg, <laughs> and I had to relieve it. Um, yeah, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> you did? You yeah. actually did? Yeah. Right after the dick and the popcorn I did, scene? I think. Yeah. I always thought that was just like an old joke, like a Playboy cartoon joke, right? You know, like, but not really. Is very, that the first one? Very common move back then. I asked that too. I said, is that the first one? The first time they ever did this in a movie or whatever. Yeah, was it, Craig? Do you know? It was no, the first I don't time know. You did this it, invent yeah. the dick in the popcorn yeah, trick? Dick in yeah. the box. This is dick <laughs> yeah, in the do box. Do you think Lonely Island ripped it off? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I think it must have been something that Barry Levinson remembered from real life of a guy doing. You know, you can't make that shit up. Or that's like a legendary thing that never, sure. no one ever did. Because, right. uh, not to get graphic, but how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. You gotta, uh, you know, first of all. Well, there's a little flap at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those boxes. Yeah. Like, You're risking yeah. a paper cut. <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest. Not worth it. No, there's no cut worse than a paper cut <laughs> besides murder. But like, putting your dick inside, like, yeah. yeah. You would hear the popcorn fall out a little bit. <laughs> And what if you like, she was like midsection and then you have to piss. Like, she hasn't even gotten to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine if I was going for popcorn and I felt a penis, I think I would run home and not come out of the house for a couple of weeks. Especially if you're home alone. What? <laughs> With Daniel Stern. <laughs> With Daniel <Yeah>. Stern. <laughs> if you're sitting alone, I, I didn't mean to say home alone. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, please note for the listeners that I'm making the Macaulay Culkin face right now. Um, okay. Well, I think the use of pecker in the movie predates the actual popcorn scene because I think you do have a quote from it later. Uh, but there's, there's a scene with Paul Reiser and Steve Gutenberg. Oh, Paul Reiser and Steve Gutenberg have this bit where, uh, he's like, do you, do you want to ride home? He's like, oh, if you're going there, you know, I don't, <laughs> and he just, just say the words, I want to ride home. I'm like, well, if it's no trouble, you know, ask me, do you want to ride? <laughs> right. Uh, but Carla said, do they fall in love? Because this is the beginning of a romantic comedy if I've ever seen one. <laughs> it did have that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted those guys awake. to hook up. I forgot. You were still awake for that point. Okay. And then when uh, the, when they pick up Tim Daly at the train station, you said, Tom Cruise? <laughs> no, no. I know who this is. Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> He's very pretty. That Tim, Tim Daly? Daly guy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Younger brother of Tyne Daly. Good. <laughs> Who was Cagney and or Lacey. Then you said, I thought I saw this movie, but I don't remember any of this. I bet I was bored. I bet I was reading something. <laughs> uh, all the guys in this are assholes. They were. All of them? I think so. So you could date one. Which one would it be? Bagel, because he has money. <laughs> <laughs> you date the old guy, Bagel. And that's pretty much what you've done. <laughs> that's who, I'm, I'm the Bagel of this movie. You have money? <laughs> no, uh, no, that's not true. I'm the Shrevy of this movie. There's no doubt about that. Um, here's, here's what I think. Yeah, there's a lot of dickish behavior in it. And I think Barry Levinson just kind of presents this behavior without judgment. Uh, is just kind of saying, these are these guys and this is how they behave. I'm mm -hmm. not going to attach a moral, uh, lesson to it sure. in any way. So I kind of like that it, it's mm -hmm. matter of fact about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is, this is your quote on the dick and the popcorn trick. You said, is this where that move started? And I said, you familiar with that move? And you said, oh yeah, I've done it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch out for that next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arclight. 
So yeah, then you fell asleep right after uh, the movie scene. Uh, though you did wake up a couple more times as I finished the movie. You woke up at about the how. But the 45 minute mark, you said, how much longer? <laughs> then you woke up for 10 seconds and said, I'm so glad I don't know what's going on in this movie. <laughs> and then you woke up again. Uh, this is you worrying about how we were going to do the podcast because you said, this is terrible. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Derek. And then. Oh. What did we rope him into? <laughs> and then you said, blah, 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 blah. So much talking. This it, is a it's lot a of... It's movie. But it's low talking. So I missed a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. there were so many just like... <laughs> like that low. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then over the credits, the final credits, they just play... As the credits are rolling, they just play just more like diner conversation. And you said, oh, my God, they're still talking in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that All concludes right. Carla's quotes. Carla's quotes. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, do you want me to give it a letter grade? We're not quite at that point okay. yet. Uh, because I want to talk about the scene between Beth and Shrevi. Oh, right. Where uh, she has been filing his records wrong and he gets angry at yeah. her. Uh, it's maybe my favorite scene from the movie because I can really identify with it. And uh, he's like, you wouldn't put Charlie Parker, you know, in the rock section, would you? I don't know, Shrevy. Who's Charlie Parker? Jazz! Jazz! He was the greatest jazz saxophone player of all time. And he says that he knows the B-side of any record. And I'm like, why don't you ever ask me what the B-side was? <laughs> and she goes, maybe because I don't give a shit. <laughs> and that scene has always reminded me of myself. But you and I doing this podcast, it really reminded me of myself. But you're not that angry. No. Uh, I get angry. <laughs> it's more like... I don't know jazz and like me yelling about not knowing jazz and you and you being just like cool and collected. You really are a jazz guy. I'm not a jazz guy mm-hmm. at all, but I'm a music guy and a movie guy. Mm-hmm. And I have that kind of like organizational mind where I file stuff and I have a system when I put things together. Right. Everything. And there, there's that anal retentive part of me. But and- you don't care that I don't care about it. <laughs> Other than the fact that I'm making you watch these 100 <laughs> movies and talk about them. Right. Uh, no, you, you've got your own taste and, and that's fine. Um, I somehow I got a reputation in Chicago in the mid nineties for like knowing the B sides of things, which I don't at all. You know, I know a lot of music trivia and I'm at one point when I was a kid, I memorized the billboard top 40, like any song that had been in the top 40, uh, and up to like 1982. So I only yeah. know it to a certain point. I knew all the, I could sing all the number one songs in order that they <laughs> had been number one. Uh, but somehow I got this B side reputation. I wonder if people were just conflating like my general music knowledge with this scene from Diner. Wow. Uh, when Miles Stroth interviewed me for his podcast, he's like, uh, Craig is known for doing the B sides of everything. Every single, I'm like, I don't, I don't know B-sides. You just know a lot about music and movies. You know a lot of, I know a lot of trivial shit. Yeah. And I think that B-sides is like how insecure people don't know how to say you're really smart. (laughs) A lot of (laughs) B-sides instead of being like, you're really smart, right? Yeah. So Carla and I will say, you're really smart, Craig. You're really smart, Craig. Thanks, guys. Really? Uh, and did you have any quotes of yourself while you were watching it by yourself? Nope. Okay. Uh, Carla, let's give this movie a letter grade. I'm going to give it a D. A oh. D for diner? <laughs> yeah. A D for diner is boring. Oh, no. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I was really bored. I appreciate all the things you said. Actually, I almost made it a C after you explained the character stuff. I was like, yeah, that is pretty interesting. But I just have to go with how much I liked it or was interested in it, and I wasn't. <laughs> how about for you, Derek? I say a C plus because it was, I, you know, uh, it was average for me, but also like because I didn't see it at the right time. Like I also every performance is really good. I liked the style of how it was shot. I, I, and I just love the music, but story is pretty important. I mean, I just was like, kind of like cool scenes, but as a whole, I, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. What's the story? And I, I like the lack of story. I like that just here's a week of these guys' mm-hmm. lives. 
Uh, here's all their relationships. This is what's going on with them. We won't tell you what their future is. Like, we don't know. We don't know whether Tim Daly's, uh, girlfriend gets the abortion or not, mm-hmm. right? We don't know if Shrevy and Beth end up together, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then there's this kind of like iconic last shot of freeze frame of them in their tuxes at the wedding together. And it's kind of like a wistful kind of bittersweet moment of like, you don't even know if these guys will remain friends yeah. uh, after that. And I like the ambiguity of that. And that's why to me, it feels like a seventies movie because they all kind of end in an ambiguous or down mm-hmm. way. When you explain it like that, then I'm like, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. But my actual experience of it wasn't great. <laughs> well, Derek, uh, one thing we like to do in this podcast is improvise a scene that either was in the movie and that we think we could do better or a scene that was not in the movie. So since you taught us the ball, Balmore accent, yeah. the Balmer accent, oh, gosh. what if we're just got everything already? What if we're just three guys? hanging out at the diner we're not the guys from the movie you know mm-hmm. um we're just uh we're just sitting at a diner middle of the night having an authentic balmer conversation mm-hmm. and that's the scene we're gonna do okay <clears throat> yeah i um got my wife some flares you get her some flares she at least say thank you this time yeah she just uh rolled her eyes you know you gotta get rid of becky Take her down the ocean. Take her down the ocean. I'm taking my sister-in-law down there on Tuesday. I think you should meet Cindy. She'd be good for you, Sid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to offer. So many ladies. Don't sell yourself short, Sid. My pecker is so tiny. Your pecker is huge, hon. You got the biggest pecker in the world, hon. Man, you guys are real nice. Juice, listen to that uh, self-help record I sent you. It's all about confidence. Yeah, I know. I listened to it a few times, but I still feel bad. Well, at least you know your Colts, hon. That's what I always say. At least you know your Baltimore Colts. <laughs> uh, the Colts are going to have a real good season. Oh, yeah. United? Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite Colt, Sid? <laughs> Dahmer. Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer? That dude eats peckers, hon. <laughs> What's speaking wrong with of that? speaking of eating peckers, I could eat the whole left side of the menu. I'll tell you what, put some old bay on them peckers. I'll eat them. I'll eat anything with old bay on them. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'll eat. I'll eat some peckers and some popcorn. Hey, speaking of which, uh, have a bite of my popcorn. <laughs> okay. This popcorn that's sitting right here on my lap. Oh man. It's good. The best popcorn is the one with the butter on the bottom, hun. <laughs> I can't believe you got me again. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so authentic. So, so authentic. authentic. Yeah. I can't believe those guys didn't make it into the movie. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Deleted scenes. You think there'll be a second diner? <laughs> diner two? Yeah, diner two? Yeah. Uh, what happened to the Baltimore Colts, by the way? Want to tell Carla that story? In the middle of the night, they were gone. <laughs> it's the saddest thing in Baltimore. What? Yeah. The, uh, the Baltimore Colts sold the the owner sold him to Indianapolis and in the middle of the night they were moved uh by the May was it Mayflower yeah uh, Mayflower moving, moving bands yeah yeah Weird. and so every i mean and the Baltimore Colts were so good and so still to and this beloved, day beloved by the town my dad can't watch anything Indianapolis Colts <gasps> oh. like it's still even now we have the Ravens like it was it, they're still sad about you it you need to make that movie that's a good movie yeah it is it's a sad movie but yeah you should see Barry Levinson did a 30 for 30 on it called The Band That Played On about the Baltimore Colts. The marching uh, band, band stayed together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really good. And did they eventually become the Ravens? Because they did get mm-hmm. their own team in 95, maybe? They 96, came, yeah. Yeah, 96. But they had to steal another city's team, Yeah, they steal Cleveland. Oh. But Cleveland got their team back. Cleveland got their later, team back. Yeah. Still, That's confusing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that's that's what happens with sports, you know. Teams move around, allegiance, allegiances shift. Yeah, that's why you're not a sports fan because you don't want to have your heart broken by having exactly. your team. Exactly, that's exactly it. why I'm not a sports fan. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the only reason. Uh, well, Derek, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us and thank sharing you. Your thank Balmer you for thinking of, me, of, of this, hun, for a diner. <laughs> I'm I'm a little embarrassed that I'm not like what, Carla? Why don't you understand? This is the time. This is Baltimore. 
Are you but, kidding? The best thing that could happen for Carla is for somebody to come on and agree with her about the movie. It's true. Yeah. I feel she pretty great it. right now. She loves it. All right, good. Yeah, good. I That was not planned, but I'm glad you like uh, – well, you agree. Anything yeah. you want to plug? Um, no, I think everyone should watch Carnal Knowledge, but not <laughs> with someone that you're dating. I uh, Sincerely. Oh, yeah. You should not watch that movie with any significant other. It will hit every now. Motion. That's kind of misogynistic movie, right? Yes, but it ends with the reality of what happens if you yes. live like that. Oh. Nicholson is just a miserable son of a bitch in that movie. Yeah. yeah, and Art Garfunkel is his best friend. You see why he left uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Okay. Amazing yeah. actor. Right. And Anne Margaret and uh, Candace, Candace Bergen. Bergen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's and it's awesome. Mike Nichols. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet I'd like this. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that opening shot, by the way, of Paul Reiser going up the stairs, I was like, oh, he's trying to be like Carl, uh, Mike Nichols. It seemed exactly like the, this one shot in Carnal Knowledge. I bet he was. Uh, well, Carla, coming up next week, we're going to get to my number 75 movie. And I think this is a movie that you like. Okay. And uh, this is a 1989 movie. And, uh, soap dish. Oh, no, it's not soap <laughs> dish, but I think you got the year right for soap dish. Uh, this is directed by Peter Weir. And it stars Robin Williams, and it's set at a prep school. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Oh, Captain, my, my captain. captain. Carpe diem. Carpe diem sees the day. You excited to see Dead Poets? You, yeah, let's watch it. You, oh. You've seen it many times. Yes, many, many times. Uh, you familiar with Dead Poets Society, Yes, Derek? I love that movie. Okay. Josh Charles. Who's going to be your guest? Uh, we're going to have Janet Vardy. Oh, for that great. one. Yeah. yeah. I wish we could get Josh Charles. Uh, yeah, Josh Charles, uh, tremendously nice guy. Yeah. Did, uh, the way you said that, Josh, Josh Charles, who's going to be your guest. <laughs> Josh or- Charles. Who, uh, by the way, who's going to be that? I would phrase it something like that. You Sorry, know. Craig. By the way, who's going to be your guest for episode 75? <laughs> It's that lazy Baltimore accent yeah. of just slurring ideas together. Slur- you're lazy. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but thank you, Craig's listeners. Join us next week for Janet Varney and Dead Poet Society. We'll see you down your river. Captain, my captain, hon. <laughs> Flares. Flares. Thanks, you guys. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.